Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host and the founder of Miles to Memories, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. How's it going today, Mark? Not too bad. Uh, you know, we got the sun out, the birds chirping, ready to roll, talk some Vegas. 21st birthdays, losing phones, getting drunk, all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the best parts of 24, or best parts of Las Vegas, I guess I should say. And yeah, a lot of good stuff uh, coming up this uh, show. And we just recovered from my son's 21st birthday, uh, still recovering a little bit. We'll, we'll talk all about the Crockford's surprise suite that we got. Are you jealous of our $1,500 suite overlooking uh, the Vegas Strip? Not really. <laughs> I mean, it looked nice, but it didn't look like out of this world nice, which is what you expect looking at that lobby. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because we haven't talked about it before this. And I've been going back and forth. That was one of the places I was I had booked for September and then... When we saw the actual Crockford rooms, I canceled that and booked at Four Seasons. And then I saw that you got the suite and I'm technically supposed to get a suite the next time because they walked me on that uh, the first weekend that they weren't open. So I'm like debating of going back and booking there. But then I don't know if it's really worth it. Uh, I don't know. I go. I go. I'm all over the place. I've rebooked and booked like five times now. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the fun of going vacation. I think that's just the fun of travel in general, right? Is like not for me usually. <laughs> Yeah, not for you. For me, like lusting after hotels and then playing the games and then figuring out which hotel I'll finally get to stay in. And I know this is true for you. There's so many hotels on your list of like really where you want to stay someday when the when the time is right and you only have so many days. So for me, that's a lot of fun kind of playing around and, and the excitement of, of getting a new place. But uh, certainly first world problems for you considering you're, you're switching between Crockford's and, and Four Seasons. I think you'll I think you'll live. Yeah, I guess so. You know, like I said before, I've never stayed out of Four Seasons previously, and with the FHR credit from Amex, I'm getting it at like half price. So it's worth trying, plus the wife gets a $100 spa credit, which will get a mani or pedi or half of a massage, something along those lines. So that works in my favor. I, I earned some wife points, as we call them, by doing that. So hopefully, uh, you know, that gets paid back for when I do something stupid later on the trip when I'm drunk and and she's annoyed with me. I'll be like, yeah, remember that spa? You know, remember that massage? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, make it uh, make it good. Let's get into the show. Before we talk about the 21st birthday, everything else, Governor Steve Sisolak did come up with a COVID update that we can talk about really quickly. And that has to do with large gatherings. Uh, if you're not vaccinated in Las Vegas, it's going to be a lot harder, I think, to, to get around to, to see these large venues. Uh, Sisolak made it possible if a venue requires vaccination, then the people once inside do not have to wear masks, the vaccinated people. Basically, it's not a mandate, but it's really incentivizing the venues to require vaccines so that people inside don't have to wear masks. It also is kind of a reminder that maybe this mask mandate will be around a little bit, but uh, the news this next week will all be, I believe, every entertainment venue requiring vaccines because that's just sort of where everything's going. We've seen MGM come out and say they're going to require it for employees and AEGs requiring it at their venues. So the news of the week, I guess, Mark, really quickly, vaccines are going to probably be required to do a lot of fun stuff in Vegas uh, going forward. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle was actually in Detroit this weekend and I was down at a baseball game with some friends and they were going to the Chappelle show later that night and he had it set up that there was a COVID testing site like a couple blocks away from the Fillmore where the thing was going down and it was actually they were filming the Netflix special there so it was like even like a really hot ticket and, and people were more excited about it than normal and everybody is always excited for Chappelle usually. So they had to go like two, three blocks away from the event site and they had a testing thing set up and you had to get tested between like 3.30 and 5.30 and then they'd give you your results in like 15 minutes and you had to show that to get in. And then you also had to show a vaccination card if you wanted to not have to wear a mask. But once you got in, everybody just took their mask off anyway because, you know, they're not going to enforce it. But it was interesting that everybody had to show a negative test that was tested like with within hours of the show to be able to get in the doors so I guess that, that probably makes people feel more comfortable, which is a good thing, but it's also like another hoop you're going to have to jump through. It was like included in the price of the ticket. So there wasn't an added cost that, I, that I'm that i aware of. So that was kind of nice as well. But I, in Vegas with all these shows, if they do something like that, there's going to be like testing sites like every three, three uh, feet, you know, like everywhere. So I don't know if they'll get to that level, 
Um, because even if you show the vaccine card, there's a chance that you have it without symptoms and you can spread it. So, you know, I guess that's the the next step, next logical step. I don't know if they'll take it or not, but I thought it was really interesting that that's something that he did here. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I know that uh, Joe Rogan and Chappelle have been doing testing at a lot of their shows around the country, as have other comedians, and um, it's been one way to do it. I, it seems like this vaccine passport is going to be the future in Vegas. It's the way that the industries want to go forward. Uh, we know the sports teams want to do it. Uh, the Raiders also have said that they will require vaccines. As far as the experience going forward, uh, it's not going to be great uh, if you're not vaccinated. You're going to really have to be to get into these venues. Now, thankfully, no masks inside if they require that. Children are an exception. So if you're not able to get vaccinated, uh, you'll still be allowed inside, but you'll have to wear a mask. And if you're partially vaccinated, he said, like, for instance, one of the two shots, uh, you're not fully vaccinated, then you can be allowed in, but then you still have to wear a mask. So I guess my takeaways from this, like I said, the masks are going to be here for a while again, I think. And uh, it's going to be pretty tough if you're not vaccinated at these at these venues. This is the way it's going to be, I guess, right? <laughs> I guess it's better than no shows like it was for, you know, so long or greatly reduced shows. So it's a way to keep the businesses going, you know, and you got to do what you got to do at this point to keep uh, the, the machine humming. This is the the new future, at least for a while. I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be like this for a couple of years personally, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. The other side of that is the trade shows in Vegas trying, you know, desperately to get convention attendance up to get uh, long term bookings for conventions. And another example this week, CES came out and said that they're going to require vaccines. So just another thing that's going to happen here. And we'll, we'll let everybody know as things change. But as of now, the governor did a big press conference. All he did was change this rule for big venues uh, of 4,000 people or more uh, in, in the uh, requiring of vaccines and what they can do. Everything else is still in place. The mask mandate's still here. That's not changing uh, right now at all. So let's talk about some fun stuff. Nothing more fun than the evolution of the casino floor, Mark. And uh, Yeah, you mean the, the, non -fun, the non fun stuff? <laughs> I mean, I was even in Bellagio the other day, and they have their giant section of stadium gaming, although that didn't replace table games. But at like Link and a lot of the Caesars Entertainment properties, they're removing table games to put in these quote unquote stadium gaming. Oh, they're trying to save on employees? That's a shocker with Caesars, man. Jeez, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain what is stadium gaming? What is this? Yeah, so it came to Detroit, uh, I want to say like three, four years ago. It was like the big thing. They're really pushing it. And I honestly hate it. On the surface, it looks like it would be fun and interesting and a good idea. You know, they they always have these, they've had these machines with like two dice in the middle, big dice that will bounce around. You can play craps, video craps or video blackjack. And they have the video dealer dealing it. But these are like stadium seating where they'll just have rows of, of video machines. And then they'll have like a dealer up in front of everybody that you can watch on TV or just like straight ahead. But they have like big TVs behind them usually. And they'll spin the roulette wheel. You make your bets and you watch the ball bounce around on the big TV and then it goes. So for certain games, it doesn't really change the experience that much. You're not standing around a table and they can fit like 20, 30 players into uh, one table, basically one one wheel that they're spinning. So they're saving money on that where they don't have to have as many tables open. But for other games like blackjack, it's really, it's terrible. And I say that because if anybody of those players, like any of those 20 players does something, everybody has to like take it basically. So let's say, you know, this happened to me once because I was just testing it out in Detroit and the dealer had a, uh, we had a soft 20. So an ace and a nine and the dealer was showing like a six and everybody else, you know, stayed and one guy hit. And we're all like, what? So it didn't affect oh, our no. play. So we stuck with our 20, but the dealer has to take that card for him. So it ends up coming out an ace. He gets 21. You're like, okay, that's really crazy. Like it worked out somewhat. So she flips it over and it's a five and a six, 11. That ace would have been 12. But of course, a 10 comes out next. So the dealer pulls an 11 where she would have, if you were just playing you and the dealer, she would have pulled it. She would have hit a 22 because the ace would have been, made it 12. And then the 1022. So he basically cost everybody in that pit money by taking that stupid hit. When you feel like you're sitting at a table playing against the dealer, it should only be you and the dealer. But since it's coming out of an actual deck of cards, they have to take that play, whatever it is. So if like I double on an 11 and I get a three and somebody else just hits and it's against a 10, they're going to take that next card. So it kind of it, it's a unique thing. Some people will say it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But I hate it because you kind of lose that 
ability to play. I'd rather go play a video blackjack machine that's just me and the dealer versus this. Yeah, it does take a lot of the social aspect out of the the gaming and the table games. And it's more about like what our society is going towards where we're all kind of cordoned off on our own. And I guess these are really popular though. I do see people playing them. It's not just a cost cutting measure for the casino, right? Is it the younger generations of gamblers who maybe are intimidated by the table games yeah, or sure. they don't want the social aspect of it. And so they can go sit by themselves here and still get uh, some of that experience. But I think you would probably agree that they're not getting the actual experience. It's not the same playing blackjack at one of these stadium gaming machines compared to actually going to a blackjack table, sitting next to people, having the interaction with the dealer and all of that. That's where a lot of the fun is. Yeah. I will say if the people that buy in for like $40 mid shoe, and play one hand or two hands and mess everything up and then leave. If they, if those people all go to the, these uh, machines, great. Then they're they're a lifesaver. I love them. But if they're replacing table games that we're fighting over people to find tables, you know, it's a big downfall because you aren't getting that experience. A lot of the fun thing about blackjack is high fiving everybody when the dealer busts and you know, kind of cheering on everybody. Where when you're at stadium, you know, you're basically all playing the same hand but there will be slight variations. So it's just not the same. Like you're not, you're sitting a little bit far away from each other. You're not talking to the dealer. You're not dealing with the pit boss. It's all very non-personal. It's like playing online, you know? So it, it is a change. I do think it's cost cutting as well as it's just easier for them. There's no, you know, it's all digitized. So there's not any issues, mispays, stuff like that. And that's why we've seen those crap tables come out where you make a bet on a video screen, you roll the dice on like basically like a TV screen and all that stuff. They're trying to, to cut down on one, having to pay people to do certain things and two mistakes. That would be my guess, at least. Yeah, I mean, no doubt it's going to be changing the, the floor of the casino. And one other thing we're seeing that's changing the casino is these skill-based games like the claw that we've talked about. In parentheses, uh, skill-based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they do have a little bit of skill involved, but they're certainly different than the traditional slot machine. We talked about the claw game. That has been spotted, I believe, at MGM Grand now as well, in addition to downtown. So uh, it's spreading. We, we've seen other kind of arcade style games. If you really look at what the casino floor looked like, let's say, 20 years ago with a lot of video poker machines and still those old-fashioned slots, compared to what you're seeing today, the removal of table games... Uh, the stadium style uh, table games, skill-based gaming, slot machines are basically like giant arcade games right now, right? And even if you go into like an older casino, uh, the slot machines have gotten so tall with the big screens and everything, it makes the, the, the ceilings of the casinos look small. It's really crazy to see how the casino floor has changed over the last 20 years. Yeah, and they brought in a lot of like video game, like actual video games where you play like a first-person shooter zombie game. And it makes you feel like you have some, like your ability plays a factor in it. And maybe it does slightly, but you know, I've played some of those and you're going along, going along. And depending on which spin technically, like the horde could be completely different. And there's just no way that you're going to make it through certain times. Like it's predetermined that you're going to die that, you know, there's no way to get through it. So it's kind of like a, you know, a facade mirage type of thing where you feel like you have a say in it, but you really don't. It's already predetermined when you hit that button. And maybe you can inch it up the slightest bit to get a little bit more if you're good at it. But a lot of it is just, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors, typical Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's not like, to your point, any different than the old, you know, one-armed bandit slot machines where, you know, every so often you're going to hit a jackpot on them. It's just they found so many different ways to attract us and to, to suck us in. All of these bonus games, these huge HD screens. And yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of fascinating to step back and look at the casino or look at like footage of what of what they look like back in the day. It's going to continue to be like this as younger gamblers want something different or they're, you know, they grew up with video games. They grew up with all of this stuff and um, they respond to it maybe differently than than old people. And I get it. Like if you sit down at an old machine, like, you know, some ca casinos still have those old machines like circa early 2000s the very first video slots with those old CRT screens and they're all dim. And if you ever sat down on one of them, like it's not as fun as going to one of the new ones with all the bright screens. And you're like, it feels like you're kind of traveling back in time. Although admittedly, I know my wife tends to do better on the older machines compared to the new ones, but I obviously yeah, they screw you on the payouts pay as they, yeah, yeah. as they get uh, fancier, the pays usually go down, which is, uh, you know, 
counterintuitive. Like you, you expect like the cooler stuff to be better, but it, they're making it cooler and then taking more of your money. So it's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> One other thing I saw, and this is completely anecdotal on Twitter, but they said that Caesars Entertainment has been removing some of the co-branded games in favor of, you know, like house games. So for instance, you know, the gaming companies will have their own games that they developed, or maybe they'll co-brand with something like Game of Thrones, right? That's a popular machine here. Well, those machines cost the casino more money because they have to split profit or however that works. And uh, so yeah, that's like another thing to kind of look fee. for. Yeah. So Caesar's apparently cutting those out. <laughs> it's funny because uh, I think we talked about this on, maybe we talked about it on the our happy hour, live happy hour last month, which is coming up again on the 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So definitely join myself, Sean, and uh, Bougie Miles, Bethany Wall for another one this month. But yeah, we, we talked about it on that where MGM for their blackjack games, like it's 21 plus three and they'll call it something else and have lesser payouts because one, they don't want to pay the 21 plus three branding licensing deal. And then they screw you on the payouts on top of that. And it's like, wow. I mean, if you're saving money there, you, you should make it a little bit better or at least equal. But I'm sure there's legal things. If they make it the same, then they're just kind of like infringing. So it's just funny how they try to, you know, skim here and there and, and make the money up where they can. Yeah. And I mean, in general, especially on the slot side, those licensed slots tend to pay out worse and they tend to have worse payouts and worse bonus games. And but they're a lot of fun, right? I mean, they they're tied into your favorite show and there's, you know, they're fun to play. Yeah, they suck you in. You just keep going until you hit a bonus because you want to see what the bonus is like. <laughs> yeah, play a little exactly. Game. Like you just keep going. Just like, let me get one. Let me get one. And the bonus games have gotten better, too, than they used to be. You know, they, they used to kind of be very simple type of the games. Now they're much more elaborate, and there's much more of that sort of hook factor, uh, which which isn't uh, great. The other kind of thing, as we talk about Vegas casinos transforming, is I know that they're reviewing the rules about sports betting apps, Mark, and being able to sign up in person. Right now, you're required to sign up in person in Vegas, there's a big push to change that. So, uh, you know, just that whole part of the of the casino at- atmosphere, as we talked about in Michigan, the casinos are on your phone in an app and there is sort of that push here too. So, you know, the whole way that we relate to gambling and the casinos, I think over, over this generation has just completely changed. You know, it starts with the stadium gaming, with the video gaming, with but it's on every level in every corner of the casino. Yeah, and it, I mean, it only makes sense for them to get away from having to sign up in in person. It, it seems kind of stupid because they're all tied into these casinos anyway. So, you know, I could understand if it was like third party that has no affiliation with a casino, why they want to kind of like bar them from doing this and stealing some customers. But, you know, in Michigan, you have to be tied to a specific casino. In Vegas, it's, you know, Caesars has their own, MGM has their own, that type of thing. So as long as it's those things they, they should want them to sign up wherever because they want them gambling wherever you be like if you're at the Raiders game they want you to be able to make a bet while you're there and if you didn't go to like Caesars and sign up before you went out there you can't do it so it's just kind of you know live betting's become a huge thing with the you know with online casinos and stuff like that and you can actually do really well sports betting waiting on like the favorite team to go down by a touchdown or two and then then jumping in because the odds change so I think that's really a big part and they're catching on to that and you know they want to make it as accessible as, as possible which is good for them and it's also good for us because you know it gives us more options so i hope they do do it as well as then i can sit in my hotel room and make a ton of money doing all these sign up bonuses when i go to vegas <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go one of the best reasons to go to michigan right now is those sign up bonuses yes, uh, so many but unfortunately Michigan's so pretty and you don't want to sit in the hotel room uh, the, the whole time. So it's always that that trade-off. All right, have you uh, gotten any comp offers, any new comp offers lately uh, that, that you want to talk about? I know Jasmine got one. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about uh, in the past my gambling at MGM Detroit and how I never was getting comp op- offers there. And all of a sudden, like for the next few months, I have a comp basically any night. And uh, we lost power here in Metro Detroit for like four days <laughs> So it was really brutal. And uh, one of the nights, you know, it was already set up that my kids were going to go to my in-laws house for our anniversary. So we, you know, I dropped them off and then I booked a a room at MGM Detroit and we got a corner suite based off of my play from the last, I've only gone twice this year. So it's kind of based off of that. I'm still the lowest tier. I never did the the match from high to get gold. And, uh, you know, it was like a $600 room corner suite. And I, I shared a video of it on Twitter. Pretty pretty nice setup. So I did do that and I checked and I have like comps until like November, I think. So 
that was kind of interesting to see. I never used to get comps for Detroit ever, and it was really hard for anybody to get it compared to Vegas. So they're loosening up there, and maybe it's based off a of play for uh, the two or three times I've gone so far this year, but it was good to see. Yeah, I still have my M Life comps pretty wide open through the end of the year. I never had a whole lot of them, but all the ones that I had talked about on, on the show a couple months ago, I still have, and I've used some of them, and they regenerate. Uh, the only hotels I'm kind of blacked from comps are Bellagio and Aria. But everything else I have listed as comps. Jasmine went into, we were in Cosmo this weekend, and she hasn't played there in a long time. But she went in there, and she was at the desk uh, talking to them, and they said she had three free nights. Uh, We may have to do a a Cosmo staycation just because that's too good a hotel to have three free nights at and not use them. We'll see how that goes. But I I don't know what's going on with Cosmo because they they didn't send that to her. like So we didn't receive that in email or email. Yeah, that's weird. So... (laughs) <laughs> but she, but they said that she has it. So she, she says that she made sure that they have all of her, uh, you know, her information to send out offers. But that's a, that's a good start. My son on his twenty first birthday, of course, we signed up for a few programs, but I don't think he really played enough to to get any any offers. He's really not a not a huge gambler. So uh, we'll we'll talk about. That let's I mean let's let's talk about his birthday. Let's start with Resorts World, and they've been sending out offers too, Mark. Um, before we go into the experience there, now I, I booked on a fifty percent off offer that they sent basically out to anybody. But I finally seen on Twitter some people getting comp offers, and they've actually offered to match offers from other casinos too. So if you get a comp offer from another casino, Resorts World saying that they'll match it. So that's a good thing for anybody out there who wants to experience Resorts World, especially if you're at a different casino. Just go to the other offer, casino. Bring Just it go to the other one. <laughs> no, come on. It's not that bad. Well, if you're getting matched into the the Hilton or whatever, like it depends if where you're coming. If they're matching from like Flamingo, definitely take it. But if you're matching from like Wynn or Bellagio or something, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take them up on it. So I guess it depends on you know how far down the rabbit hole are they going to go, like. Am I getting a match from an OYO? And they're going to be like, yeah, come on, hang out the hill and go for it. <laughs> yeah, certainly if Circus Circus gives you a comp offer, walk it next door yes. and uh, see what you can get <laughs> at Resorts World. So we stayed at Conrad, or at least that's what I had booked. Um, the first time I had stayed at Conrad, I booked the king room. This was a two queen room. So I did get to see the difference between the two. Um, obviously not a huge difference there, but... We got lucky in that uh, one of the members of our Diamond Patreon group, that's on our on Miles to Memories, our travel uh, kind of uh, group that we have, was already in Vegas and he was staying at Caesars Palace. But his first day at, at Crockford's at Resorts World uh, was right around opening and it was a bad stay. And so they gave him a free night for a future visit in a suite. And he decided that he was just going to stay at Caesars Palace So he was originally going to let me film the room and then just said, you know, do you want to keep it? So uh, I let my son enjoy the the Crockford's one-bedroom suite. You fought your inner demons there. (laughs) My inner hotel "Eh, nerd. Come on, you you got two rooms at the, or two beds at the Conrad. You can hop back and forth depending on, you know, if, you know, like as cool as the other side of the pillow, just imagine two beds. That's what you're trying to sell them, weren't you? Yeah, that's what I tried, but I failed. So I ended up sleeping at Conrad, and he slept at Crockford's, but we got to spend a lot of time in the room, and I got to experience it. You know, I had seen videos and pictures of the Crockford's room, and, uh, you know, we've talked about the standard rooms at Crockford's, how we haven't been all that impressed with them. But I will say that this suite at Crockford's was fairly impressive. I really liked it. My only kind of complaint about it, there are some areas where, again, they cheaped out with materials, you're in a the top end hotel, and when you're not using solid woods and things like that, that's really me being a hotel nerd yeah, just because I stay in a lot it's of hotels. The suite of their top tier hotel, so you shouldn't. I mean, how many are there? Like 20, 30? Like, why are you cheaping out on such a small amount of rooms? Yeah, when I and I agree. And when you build a, a hotel like Crockford's, that's a boutique hotel within a larger hotel. I expect you to build it like a boutique hotel, not like a mass market hotel. Um, for instance, the carpets they used inside. I think they're fairly attractive, but they're very industrial. Kind of like Hilt, where you get that industrial feel in the Hilton room, like that type of feel from the carpet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's more more attractive than that, but it's clear to me that the, this is a carpet for a, a, room, a hotel that has 1,500, 2,000 rooms. It's getting turned a, a lot more instead of a luxury hotel. Yeah, so I really like the room. The bathroom in there is is gorgeous. Uh, it has all white marble, um, very modern. Does it have the, the special the toilets room. like they're supposed to? 
Yes, it does. It did have the the full Toto, and not just the you know the bidet and everything else, but fully touchscreen. It looked like a top of the line bidet system on the toilet. So if you're if you love Asian hotels, if you're into all the fancy gadgets on your toilet, um, you know heated seats, heated pretty, water, all that good stuff. I'm pretty sure uh, my suite at Cromwell, your least favorite hotel, which is you know blasphemous, but uh, pretty sure that had it too. So I'm less impressed by that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think every hotel should have them, especially in suites, because uh, they're they're great, and you get them throughout Asia. And I don't think Cromwell's the worst hotel on the Strip, but certainly, <laughs> ooh, that place, those rooms were disappointing for sure. But yeah, overall, good marks for this room. Now, it was going for $1,500 or just, just shy of that before tax and resort fee. Standard rooms were going for about $500 on this Saturday That's night. That's insane. $500. Well, it's Las Vegas. On a- I know, but $500, what was the win? Did you look up the win just out of curiosity? I didn't, but uh, I, I did look at all the hotels the on FHR and American Express Final Hotels Resorts. You were in the 300 plus range, so definitely win was above you know three to four hundred dollars a so, night. Yeah, but win versus <laughs> Crockford's, uh, you know, and you're paying more. I know it's a new hotel, and they're trying to get what they can get, but fifteen hundred dollars seems extreme for sure. And that's another way, you know, Hilton points. Check it out. That's a good way to do it when prices are insane. You might be able to get like a free night or use your Hilton Honors points to book the room and get a good deal that way. But I would never pay fifteen hundred, no, or five hundred, or four hundred, or three hundred, maybe two fifty. <laughs> well, the the one good takeaway is that our beloved lobby at, at Crockford's is still an amazing space and it still holds up so well, nice and quiet, and everything else. Unfortunately, the lobby at Conrad, being in the hotel where on a Saturday where it was fairly busy and full. I discovered that lobby is way too small. It's way yeah. overcrowded. There's people everywhere. There's nowhere to sit. The, the The lines to check in were astronomically long, and they had a lot of people working. It's just that space is not big enough for a 1,500-room hotel, it's certainly not if you want a upscale sort of feel. Like, I wouldn't want to sit at that bar at Conrad with the lobby being as busy as it was. It was just so loud in there, not a welcoming space. Um, I do like that lobby outside of all the crowds, but that was just something that was kind of eye-opening uh, as well. Yeah, because it's like a, a half-circle lobby, and they really don't have that many, you know, what, they could have maybe five people working at one time, six people. There's not a ton of desk space there, from what I remember, and there was, like, no setup, really. Like, you go into Caesars and stuff, and they have a winding rope setup type of thing, and Conrad is just, you know, one little line rope thing so you you know i could see it just becoming kind of messy in a zoo we're not the uk where they love to queue so you know i could see people getting a little belligerent especially if they've been hanging out all day and just want to get to the front of the desk and talk to somebody and get upset and they're going to get angry sitting there and they're not like mgm where they have the you can do it online key type of thing i mean you can do it through the hilton honors app but that's a struggle which we weren't able to check in that way so that's another thing that they're they're kind of behind on so I can see what you mean, and the and the bar is like right there. So if you're sitting at that bar, it's just going to hinder the experience. They have added a VIP line or a Hilton Honors. It, it it's a Hilton Honors Diamond line, I guess, but also it just says VIPs. And you're right, there's about six people working to check people in. That's the most that they can have, and the lines. They put in little switchbacks, but uh, there was just more people than there could be, and it was just a chaotic space. That's all. It worked out to be uh, very chaotic, although admittedly any vegas hotel lobby on a saturday or a sunday is chaotic uh, as well it's just that this is an enclosed space whereas a lot of the the vegas lobbies are more open Um, like i I really paid attention staying at the bellagio the next night kind of looking at how that works and the bellagio obviously an open space much more room for people to be in queues to your point and it just flows and works a lot better uh, than it does at conrad Um, but i mean on the flip side if you're at crockford's that lobby is about the same size as the one at Conrad for 200 hotel rooms, and it remains quiet and nice. And so that that's still the place to be, I think. Uh, it's still open. You can get there from the Conrad lobby, although they could lock that door, I guess, at any point. But it's definitely the best place in all of Resorts World, the Crockford's lobby. Did you did you get him a drink at the lobby bar there? We didn't because we were in a what? hurry to kind of get oh, You yeah. failed life, man. We, we, you failed. That should have been there his for, first drink. It should have been his first drink of the night. It should have been. But <laughs> we, we, we were in a hurry. We had to go down to, because we went swimming uh, with Ellie and uh, wanted to do a little family time. And then we took him downtown to Circa to go to Barry's Downtown Prime because I'd been wanting to try that out and wanted him to see a little bit of Circa. The one thing I kind of forgot is just how fast time goes by when you're really on the strip trying to do stuff and 
Like, didn't even get to half the things that I really wanted to. Um, but he did get a play at Circa. Now, to your point about, uh, like, young people and luck, the kid had the worst luck ever. Like, just didn't win anything. <laughs> like, it was it was pretty ugly. And maybe that's a good thing because I, I think, like, his he didn't get that whole joy of gambling thing. Um, he's not been a big gambler anyway. And he did enjoy uh, some stuff towards the end, but he lost, like, a lot pretty quickly. And so that kind of tampered his his expectations but did he try to roll dice at all the key is dice rolling that's where the no uh, I'll have beginner's to, luck comes in usually but i'll have to i'll one, have to let you take him to yeah the craps table. one time we're out there we'll have to do it because it'll, it'll be a lot of fun but yeah so what'd you think what was um i'm curious circa was a saturday night that you went out to circa yeah it was saturday night so what was it or did you go, take him up to the pool area at all i'm ki- kind of curious like how crazy that is on the weekends right now no i mean we didn't i didn't want to pay to go to the pool area we weren't staying there um so we didn't we didn't do that plus we got downtown you know at, at nighttime um, it was pretty busy everywhere but it wasn't packed um again like i've said before i don't personally see that crowds are at levels like they were a month a month and a half ago they seem to be le- less but it's still going to be pretty busy everywhere so Circa was fairly busy. They're still checking IDs at the door, um, all of that stuff. So my son was happy. The only, to... the only one in Vegas <laughs> that checks IDs at the door. It's so weird. I think Golden Nugget has started too. So I don't. I, I had seen that, but yeah, it's 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 strange. But he was happy with his his ID to finally be able to show it and get inside. And um, yeah, the machines were incredibly tight. No bonuses. My wife didn't didn't get anything. But Barry's Downtown Prime, a really cool spot. Food was pretty good. Um, you know, it's expensive for downtown, not a surprise there at all, but pretty much strip level prices, but did enjoy the food. And is it really done, done well inside, you know, cause I, I like, you know, the, the design of Circa and, and everything that Derek Stevens did with that. So I imagine that it's a, like a, got a cool atmosphere inside, you know, maybe like a throwback type, type of steakhouse or did it have that type yeah. of feel? Yeah. It has that very kind of Circa-esque kind of manly, you know, feel felt very good, very comfortable, very kind of steakhouse-y, but not too fancy. It fits really well in with with what Circa is trying to do. The service was pretty good. The weird thing is, like, for his birthday, they didn't sing anything or, you know, we ordered a dessert, so that was fine. It's not like we were expecting anything for free, but they brought over his dessert with, like, a single candle in it and just kind of set it down there. I was thinking they could have, you know, sang something, but that's, maybe people don't like that anymore, so I don't know. But yeah, certainly you're not, not up any on Come service. on, calm down. No, no, I don't mean like that. I just mean like she didn't even say happy birthday to him. She just put yeah, the thing down in front of him and like there bad. was no, yeah, there was no celebration. I get it. Yeah, you're not, you don't want the whole crowd of people singing, you know, happy, happy birthday, all that stuff <laughs> at, at a steakhouse. Yeah. But And again, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I, I don't, I hate getting, you know, having a big deal made of my birthday. So I'm not kind of up on the latest trends with that because generally I don't want that at my birthdays. So, but I just wanted to point that out in case people wanted that to be a celebration it didn't seem like a big like they're heavy on celebrating birthdays, uh, at, at least based on what we got. There. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, to be honest, I don't really notice that anymore. So maybe it's just not a thing anymore because I can't remember the last time I was at a restaurant and somebody had some type of singing or something special. Like I've seen them bring out like a little cake or whatever, but never the singing thing, especially during a pandemic. I'm guessing that, that it's like a no go. But you would think they would do something a little special, like bring out a little something and say happy birthday at least but yeah it's weird i mean they did put the candle in the cake and again did I'm they not light complaining. it <laughs> yeah they lit the candle <laughs> all right good. but she didn't even stick around to see him blow it out she uh, just put it down and, and left. Moving on. but again th- yeah it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a terrible uh experience and i want to make make it clear that i'm not complaining about that uh, overall very good expensive knew that going in the quality was there so did you uh, get uh since it's called downtown prime did you get prime rib or no no i got a uh, ribeye which was really good and my son got the braised short rib which he just saw that on the menu kind of talked to him and he said it was like the best uh braised short rib he's ever had so he was there you go he was raving about it i thought it was fantastic and my wife got the chicken which she said was incredible too I don't know why she got the chicken. My wife loves steak, but that night she decided to do it. So I was, I was there you like, go. I'm, I'm going to save you a few steak. bucks. You're like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like half the price of a steak. So, so let's do it. So yeah, she liked that. And um, the bread there is delicious, which I know. And it's know, free. You don't fill up on bread, but <laughs> yes, they didn't charge us $10 like at uh, Giada's uh, for the bread. And yeah, it, it, it seemed like it was homemade and good. So I definitely uh, recommend recommend that. We didn't get to spend as much time downtown as I would like, would have liked, but overall that was really good. And you know, like I said, my son's not not crazy uh, about doing crazy stuff. So did you go some, some um, drinking, some gambling, some fun? 
did you go outside at all on Fremont? Was it was it still kind of chaotic or not as bad? Yeah, we did go out just a little bit. We didn't spend t- too much time out there. It's pretty typical Saturday night Fremont Street stuff. So yeah. if you know what that is, uh, it's 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 busy, it's packed, and it's rowdy. I miss uh, the old Fremont on Saturday night when there it was like you know a couple hundred people down there. You know, back in like oh nine to two thousand ten type of thing. Too bad uh, Main Street wasn't open yet, so that you could have taken them to get some uh, great cheap beer. Yeah, we'll have to bring them back to Main Street and take them to see all those beautiful historical artifacts, Mark, uh, in addition to the cheap. It's like a museum that you get to drink at. There you go. Perfect. There you go. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the other part of the weekend was Bellagio. That was the second night. I booked that through American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts. It was $169 plus the resort fee and tax. So I want to say right off the top of my head about $220 all in, and that included $100 food and beverage credit and $60 for breakfast, so $160. So I was kind of torn about uh, what to do, but when I booked the room, I booked an unrenovated room uh, because that was the cheapest option. And then I was going back and forth, and we had the option of checking in whether we could get a renovated room on a lower floor or get the unrenovated room on the higher floor both with fountain views. And I decided ultimately to get an unrenovated room because you'll never be able to stay in this product again. And because it had the bathtub and I wanted to be able to film it and all that stuff. So we ended up with a 29th story room overlooking the Bellagio fountains. What's cool about the 29th and above floors is those are the, those are the floors with the higher ceilings. That's where those giant suites are basically. Um, in fact, we were right next to, if you look at, you know, the Bellagio has that very famous kind of circular architecture in the center. That's where all the suites are at the top. And we were right next door to one of those suites. Uh, so the, those top floors get like the hallways are a little bit nicer. The decor is a little bit different than some of the older rooms used to be. And I mean, I thought the room was really nice, especially considering that this is a product that's going away. Um, I'm glad I got to, no, to experience it. No hairs this time around either. No hairs, <laughs> nice views of the fountains. Although I think the 29th floor may be a little high for the ideal view of the fountain, maybe being down a little bit more would be better, um, but certainly uh, stunning views of all of that. And I'm hoping to put together a video soon because I've stayed pretty much in the last year at almost every hotel with a view of the fountains. So, you know, from Cromwell to Bally's to Paris to Planet Hollywood to Vidara, you know, to Caesar's Palace. Um, the only one I don't think I have is the Cosmo fountain view rooms. There you go. You got those three comp nights. Get on it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely need to do that. The other one I, I've stayed, but I don't have the footage. I didn't get a fountain view room was the Flamingo. I think that's the only other room I don't have a fountain view footage from. So maybe I'll have to get over to the Flamingo and get one of those rooms uh, as well. But you could just, uh, you could pretend like in the, what's the uh, the movie with the counting cards where they're at the hard rock, but yet they have like a perfect view of the fountains, which is not even possible uh, 21 yeah. is that the name of the movie yeah with kevin spacey and stuff i always thought that was hilarious that they're like oh i have a suite at the hard rock and then they open it up and they're like right across the street from the fountains they're like oh okay you couldn't just use a legit name of a, a hotel that would have had that view <laughs> no they can't i mean th- that's something that's really interesting if you start watching vegas videos and, and, and movies and uh, tv and stuff is just how they play with the geography of las vegas and um, they used to do it all the time on the show, Las Vegas, like they would have these weird things in different places and it's just like a pastime because they want to get every icon they can. And, you know, there's times where they'll do these like flybys of the strip and, you know, they've re-put everything on top of each other. You're like, no, that's not there. That's not there. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty typical. Make it make it look, uh, make it look good because they want you to see those iconic things. But the, yeah, to your point, they don't want to pay. They don't want to pay the licensing fees or, or whatever. So they create fake casinos or, or whatever else they do. But I think Bellagio holds up really well. You know, it is Bellagio. I think everybody sort of knows what to expect there. Um, the rooms are, are fairly good size. There's a video on our channel if you want to see what the new renovated rooms look like. I'm kind of torn. I, I get why people would like the old rooms. Seeing the, 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 so the old rooms of Bellagio didn't have closets. That's really the big difference there is they built a closet. And in order to do that, they took out the bathtub and being in the old room with the old furniture i don't really see the issue the old furniture didn't feel too big for me so i get i get kind of what they're trying to do though with less is more and and kind of opening it up but i also when i really looked at the room i was in i was like so all you really gain is a bathtub you know is a closet and you lose this bathtub 
Like, I, I don't quite know that I agree with that trade-off. So that's kind of going back to the stupid Bellagio bathtub controversy, which I don't want to do. But. <laughs> yeah, because what do they have? Like a wardrobe now to hang stuff up in? Is that kind of what, like they use furniture yeah. instead of a closet? It's a wardrobe. It's it's very nice. And that wardrobe now, if you go to the Luxor's renovated rooms, is what's in those rooms. So I feel like Luxor gets a huge step up. I really like that furniture. I think it's pretty good. Like, I wish I could get the new Bellagio room with the bathtub without the closet like if you got the decor from the new room but they didn't put the closet in that's kind of what i would wouldn't that be kind of cool like with all the blowback they've gotten and since they're not they haven't done the upper floors yet if they decide to kind of stick with that where they bring in the new color scheme the new carpet uh new furniture but just add a wardrobe in and not you know mess with the the footprint or the layout that'd be kind of funny well, I think the top floors, like where I was, I think on my floor, there's only like a couple of standard rooms. In fact, my room is a basically a an extra bedroom you could add on to one of the giant suites. Oh, okay. So those floors haven't been done yet because all the suites are going to be done in a custom way. So they're all getting renovated, but you know it'll be different than than what the standard rooms look like. So hopefully, to your point, that they'll keep some of the the cool things and the bathtubs will stay up on those levels. But I didn't know that the upper levels of the Bellagio, quite honestly, had this different, in the hallways, it looks completely different. Just the the, the quality of the, the wallpaper, everything is is a higher level um, than what the what the, the look on the lower floors is. So that was something I learned uh, and it was cool. But uh, right now those floors have not been renovated as they doing, I think, the suites at the very end. But, if you uh, want a if you want a tub, you got to come to MGM to Grand Detroit because our our room had like a four foot deep huge soaking tub with uh, lights in it and it jets and everything. So there you go. Yeah. Well, to be clear, <laughs> Bellagio, the suites do still have tubs and and everything else. So hopefully, uh, people plenty of tubs in Vegas too at a lot of properties. Mandalay Bay would be a great value for a tub. So would uh, Planet Hollywood if you're looking for cheaper cheaper rooms with with tubs in them. But yeah, I think Bellagio held up good. The problem with my son is that uh, all the fun over the weekend kind of got to him and he ended up kind of asleep at eight o'clock at night on uh, on the night we were at Bellagio. And we ended up having to use our $100 food and beverage credit at the at the kind of the takeaway place, the snacks for like pizza and burgers because <laughs> oh, no. we he needed something to eat, right? And so we ended yeah. up getting getting that instead of like uh, burning it on other. Did stuff you even try stuff. to get uh, like a fountain view or was that in the plans? I've never done the fountain view restaurant or had like that outdoor seating experience. I think that would be really cool. And I know it's hard to get, but I didn't know if you, you were even considering it or thinking about trying for it. Not not for this trip. But yeah, it's certainly on a list. Uh, I know there's a few of those restaurants like Lago looks really good. It's, that's a that's a restaurant that's been on my list for, for a long time. So so many great restaurants here. The problem is the prices especially at restaurants like that the you know the truly signature restaurants it's an experience right i mean it's a ton of money yeah you're paying just for the experience and, not the food is like a little bit extra <laughs> well you know yeah, sometimes at these places you leave hungry right you get the, the portions are yeah. so small that by the True. end of it um i i had a there when we were at waldorf astoria a few years ago they they allowed us to try the tasting menu at their restaurant i forget the name of their their high-end restaurant on the on the top of the hotel. Isn't it like Twist or something like that? You know, it was like a $500 dinner and everything was delicious, but the portions were, and it was six courses or seven courses. The portions were so small that like by the end of it, you were, and it, and it took three hours or something like that. By the end of it, you know, you're still hungry. You're like, you know, I could still, I could go for uh, for some Taco Bell Cantina across the street. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout exactly. out to, to our Taco Bell lovers. But for me, I have to be in the right mood. I have to like have a whole day prepared for it. I want to enjoy it. If I'm going to spend that kind of money, um, I want to enjoy it. Although admittedly, Barry's Downtown Prime wasn't significantly cheaper, but I just feel like that was more of the, the 21st birthday atmosphere compared to like a Fufu uh, restaurant. Yeah. My son's yep. not as much into that, but definitely need to need to try that stuff out. And I, and I do think I buy into that. I, but sitting by the lake, enjoying a fine meal. I, I get it. I think that's really cool. I <laughs> just spending, you know, a few hundred bucks a person. That's the real, the real tough. The part. I need a good teeth. expense account. <laughs> I need a good, I need a good expense. You just account. need to like find it when it's really cheap and you get the FHR booking for free. Cause you have a couple platinums and then combine the hundred dollar, uh, like, like let's say it was $200 all in and you get the hundred dollar credit, just book like three rooms with three different cards. And then you roll that $300 out there to go to dinner once. <laughs> Well, that that is, there you go. I mean, that's the way to do it. I should point out that I did use FHR to book this uh, with my platinum card. So the $200 was free. So basically the stay was almost completely free. Plus we got the 
the credits, which was a good deal. We were actually on on the night of Bellagio going to use two of our $100 sorts from Caesars to do either Gordon Ramsay's steak or I had some other restaurants picked out. And uh, obviously he fell asleep and, and we didn't get to do that. So I still have these certs burning a hole in my pocket. And so Jasmine and I are going to get to work on those. We have four of them because for some stupid reason, we never used ours last year, which I know is crazy <laughs> considering how much I was on the strip. Yeah. And then we have or the this, year. this year. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I need to get to. I need. There's a lot of Caesar's restaurants I want to get to. I, I want to get to Bacchanal more than anything. I just haven't been to a buffet, and like, just the crab sounds really good. So I don't know. I meant to go over there, and we didn't make it over there to see if you can get in right now without a reservation as a Diamond member. So I have to figure that that out because obviously there's no reservations to be had. But if you can walk up as a Diamond member, I, I would. I do need to do that pretty soon because that crab is calling my name. I haven't. I haven't been to a buffet. I guess I have been to a buffet. Like when we were in Denver, there, the at the hotel there was a breakfast buffet there, and so yeah, I, I have been to a buffet, not but not same. not no not the same at all. And uh, I, I would certainly enjoy uh, going to Bacchanal. So I'm going to find good uses of those certs. But yeah, it was a great weekend. I think the most important thing was for him. He had a great weekend, and he thought it was a lot of fun, and he enjoyed it. Uh, this isn't his type of thing going all crazy, but he enjoyed finally getting to see the adult side of the city he grew up in, and. And uh, I think it was a, a good, fun weekend. And now if he wants to go get really, really crazy, he can do that with his friends. That's the thing about partying with your parents, Mark. It's never, never, ever going to be uh, as fun as it is with your friends. And I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> Speak for yourself. When my son's 21, he's going to want to party with me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mark is actually the guy that you want to send your 21-year-old kids to, to to party. So maybe I'll have you have you take although by then Sean i'll be Reese i'll be old i should have had kids younger like you and then i i wouldn't <laughs> i'm gonna be like oh everything hurts when i get out of bed so maybe not so not so hard son <laughs> <laughs> well that's all part of life and in, in growing up but it was great to be able to do that and uh, to show him a little bit more of that side of vegas and good to be at the bellagio again i hadn't stayed there in a few years i i feel like i have a full understanding of resorts world now on every level every hotel uh, what the experience is there. Unfortunately, the more I visit Resorts World, the less positive my take is on it. Yeah, I think we're getting to the point where it's like, go there to hang out in the Crockford's lobby and then move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's more to it, but there's yeah. no value there. Every restaurant's really expensive. You know, there, there certainly the pizza, is. Has the pizza place opened yet? Or is that still a work in progress? Still a, a work in progress. A lot of it's still a work in progress as far as that mall area goes and some of the restaurants. So um, I, I would expect... A lot of that stuff's going to open around the time the theater does, which is going to be, you know, November-ish. The one Asian restaurant at the end of the mall with like the pink and purple flowers coming down from the ceiling, that does look like it's worth checking out. And I think that was open, supposed to open early July. It was like a couple weeks after we were there. It was supposed to open. So I don't know if that's any good. I forget the name of it, but it looked really, really cool inside. Yeah, that's over by the day club and that's owned by uh, Zook who runs the day club and the nightclub. And it's definitely open. So I haven't been in there, but it does look uh, really cool. And yeah. Oh, you I forgot to mention that the day club looked like the biggest uh, people sausage fest you've ever <laughs> you've ever seen from yeah. your room. It's just like people standing, like packed on top of each other, just standing there. I don't know why anybody would want. Like, how is that in a fun? pool though? Yeah, in in a pool. Like you, you, in fact, you couldn't see the pool, and then every yeah, once in a while somebody would like move. Yeah, it didn't even look like there was a pool. It did not. Yeah, look or like there was there a was splash, and you'd be like, "Oh, I see a little bit of water down there." <laughs> and yeah, so it was oh. just people packed in shoulder to shoulder. Although that's what those clubs are. I mean. I could kind of see Encore Beach Club across the street, and there was people kind of wall-to-wall in there as well. I I don't get it either. It's certainly not fun for me. Uh, I'm not, I don't like nightclubs anyway, so I guess if I had to go to a nightclub, being outdoors in a pool would probably be better than in like a cramped nightclub at nighttime. But Yeah, like Dre, Dre's at night uh, up on the roof and stuff. That I could see, but if it's that level of packed where you're in a pool and you can't even move, like what if you're in the center? And you know people are just peeing everywhere. And then you try to get out. You have to like body through people to get out of a pool. No, that that's uh, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. But that, man, the, the thing I like... don't get about it, Mark, is that there are. <laughs> yes, we are. And there are people that not only like that, but they go do that like every day of their Vegas vacation. Like that's just what they do. Like, oh, my God. It just hey, seems it, miserable. Whatever, to yeah. Me. Different strokes for different folks. Whatever makes you happy. But I just 
Like I understand club atmosphere, but I want like if I'm spending money on bottles and stuff, I want kind of like private area or at least like some space. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy, but that's what people like. Uh, and I don't. Yeah, I never got it. I never even got it when I was in my early 20s either. I'd never liked nightclubs. Put me in a nice lounge with some live music, a nice place to sit. I'll take that. The shag room then. at Virgin, the only redeeming feature of the hotel. Yeah, that was a that, the shag room was awesome at Virgin. That's a that's my kind of place compared to to a club. But uh, certainly it was packed, so that's good news for them. The hotel was busy. Vegas is getting you know busier midweek. Still some opportunity if you're looking for deals. Uh, keep looking at those prices for your upcoming trips, and it's going to be an interesting fall, an interesting winter. Tons of things to change. So we'll continue to to keep everybody updated. Don't forget to check out our weekly MTM Vegas news show on the YouTube channel because Mark and I go boom, boom, boom through the news of the day. And and this is our kind of venue to talk a little bit longer form. So we do both of these shows. Uh, Everything that we do related to Vegas can be found at mtmvegas.com. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to leave us a review, especially if you're listening on Apple. You can search MTM Vegas or Miles to Memories uh, in the Apple podcast app or any podcast app uh, and leave us a review Mark, anything to uh, add before we sign off on this episode of the podcast? Nope, just uh, you know, his twenty-first birthday, baby Sean. So it, you know, as the Vegas saying goes, but did he die? So he didn't die. He lost the phone, but he didn't die. So he, he made it out. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> yes, he he lost the phone. He ended up passed out on a bed, and he didn't die. And uh, like I said, it wasn't a crazy weekend, but at least he has that story to tell. And he'll always be able to say that uh, he lost his phone in Vegas when he turned 21. I think that's a that's a success. Happy birthday to him. I'm glad that he had a great weekend. Now he's a man. He has nothing else to look forward to for uh, for many years. You know, you're, when you're growing up, you're like, oh, I'll be 18. And then when you're 18, oh, I'll be 21. And then you're 21. And it's just now like, it's like, right. oh, I'm 25. I can finally <laughs> rent a car. <laughs> oh, there you go. So there you go. So yeah, he can... Finally rent a car in a few more years, so something to look forward to. But that's going to do it for this week's show. Check us out, mtmvegas.com. Listen to the YouTube. Talk to you guys next time. Talk to you next week. Bye.